Hey guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Tonight, I've got Brendan from Master Talk, and we are talking about how to become a master communicator. Now, when I saw this topic come in, I was ecstatic because communication is something that we use everywhere in life, with every relationship, even with ourselves. We have to learn how to communicate what we're thinking, feeling, and what we're trying to get across to the other people in order to either sell a product or to even, if we're trying to buy something, we have to communicate our needs and wants and desires. And so this is an awesome topic. So Brendan is the founder of Master Talk. He coaches ambitious executives and entrepreneurs to become top 1% communicators in their industry. He also has a popular YouTube channel called Master Talk with the goal of providing free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. Brendan, welcome to the podcast. Ken, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Give us a little bit of a background onto how you came to become a master communicator. Like what in your life led you from little Brendan growing up in, I think you said Toronto earlier, to to what you're doing today, you know, coaching top 1% executives. For sure, Ken. And it was a bumpy, random journey. Let's put it that way. So it started <laughs> in... So I started in college. I went to business school to be an accountant, funny enough. That was my goal. Okay. I, was, I loved math. I was really good at it. And, and I was doing well in my grades. I thought I was just going to be an accountant my whole life, which you wouldn't expect from a communication professional. But then what happened, Ken, is I started competing in case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while hmm. other guys my age were playing football or basketball or rugby – or baseball. I was one of those guys. Gotcha. I did. Uh, I did presentations competitively. And then hmm. what happened was as I got older, Ken, I started coaching all the other students on how to speak so they'd win competitions. Long story short, I accidentally got really good at communication <laughs> coaching and I started making YouTube videos. Oh, wow. That's that's quite a journey. So is that, I guess, what uh, Master Talk came out of? Like the business that you built? Is that... Uh the idea or where, where that came from was just, you know, fell into it by accident. You got it. So it really just started as a hobby, Ken, where I started making videos, literally in my mom's basement with no money, no phone, uh, with a phone and nothing right. else. And every week I would just post a video and I called it master talk on YouTube. Cause I was just thinking, no one's sharing this advice for free. So I might as well be one of the first people, especially in my yeah. age group. So I just started making videos, and then nine months later, I got really lucky. I met my business partner who really directed me to, hey, you could charge people thousands of dollars to work with you. And I was like, huh, say what now? And then it <laughs> turned into a, a business, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love it how it works out that way sometimes. You know, you just fall into something and develop a love for it, and it's often not something that we think we would love naturally, but, you know, you – you come to grow into it, and then that's where your business comes from. So uh, I love hearing that idea. What what got you into speaking competitively, if I can ask? Like, why that? You can ask me anything, Ken. I'm a pretty open book. But yeah, so so what happened behind that, that was also an accident. Because you're right. Why would an accountant sign up to speak professionally and do it for fun to try and win competitions? Where's the connect there? So the connect's really simple. I'm a 19-year-old kid. I have a, a suit from prom because I couldn't afford anything better. And I show up for an information session in my first semester of college for a company called Price Waterhouse Coopers, which is a big accounting firm. Mm. And somebody told me that I needed to work at one of these big four accounting firms if I wanted a future. 
Like if I got one of these jobs, I would be set up for life. And my parents yeah. were factory workers. So I really saw this as my opportunity out of poverty, essentially. And I was so lost. I thought Price Waterhouse Coopers was a water bottling company because it got the <laughs> word water in it. So so I go to, I go to these cocktails because somebody tells me I need a network. So, so I come up with my big suit that I bought from Sears. That's like a bankrupt company now. And I'm walking mm-hmm. around as a 19-year-old kid. And I go up to these students who are three years older than me who had jobs at KPMG, at PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, or EY, or Deloitte. And I just asked them, how would you get the job? But what they answered really surprised me, Ken, because they didn't just say grades. They said do case competitions. And like everybody in this audience, I was like, what the heck is a case competition? And they basically explained that executives at these companies and many others like IBM or Amazon, they come and sponsor these competitions to hire the students. So that's why I did them. I didn't do it because I was passionate about speaking because I had a love for communication because I always adored this. I did it because I wanted a job. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's that's interesting how how that comes about. You know, we do something for one reason and – it just grows into a monster that we can't control. <laughs> Sometimes it's a good monster, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't so, get me wrong. Like, this is my passion now. I love speaking, oh, yeah. but it definitely didn't start that. It was a complete accident. Right. Yeah, for sure. So talk a little bit about the why we need to learn to communicate more effectively. Like what, you know, some people just can't talk. Some people can't get their words out. I'm one of those people sometimes who struggles to actually formulate what I'm thinking into a coherent sentence. What are the benefits of being able to to speak effectively? Why should we take time to learn it? For sure, Ken. So you know the way I think about it is communication is an accelerant of dreams. doesn't matter what the dream is, whether you want to be a better parent to your children, whether you want to have a promotion at work, whether you want to start a business. Communication helps you accelerate your goals. Let me give you an example. If you communicate more effectively – you argue less in your family. And Hmm. because of that, we see this all the time, people fighting all the time. They don't know how to communicate properly. So they set a bad example for their kids who then pass that on to other people. That's one. Number two is a career. So if you want to get a promotion, you want to go to the highest levels of the corporate world in America or anywhere else, communication skills are pretty much a given because at the highest levels, if you want to get paid more, you have to manage more people. That's what the game is. You have to do more speaking engagements. You have to give more presentations. So that's an essential skill to just making more money and providing more for your family. And that's also true for starting a business. You need to show up on podcasts like this. You need to go and really share your message with the world or else why would people buy from you? It's like if Nike didn't have the swoosh, like why would anyone buy Nike shoes? No one would care (laughs) about the the same as all the others. (laughs) Exactly. So the key is really just realizing that communication helps all of us. We just need to figure out what is important for us and use communication as a leverage. That's why the Mm. question is, how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Hmm. That's a good question. What, what do you find is a typical answer to that question? Wonderful follow-up question. So I get, I get a wide range of spectrum. One of them is I could make new friends because I'm really shy talking to people. I've heard that. I've also heard I'm really shy as a business owner. If I got really good at communication, I could probably make more money in a day than I made in the last year or in the last <laughs> week because I could actually go up yeah. to people other people said romance. Man, if I was a great communicator, I could get anyone to go on a date with me. I could schmooze anybody. <laughs> and I've and I've also heard 
showing up as a better parent. Wow, if I was a better communicator, I could show up as a better father. I could show up as a better mm -hmm. mom. So that way, when I argue more intelligently with my kids, I'm showing them what to do with their friends, with the people in their life. So those are the typical answers I hear a lot. Yeah, gotcha. That's It's quite a wide range, and I can see all the different uh, why they would – you know, why people would benefit in those different areas from being able to communicate effectively. But, you know, if people give you those answers of why they would be able to, or what, how their life would be better if they could communicate better, what's the, what's the big holdup from learning how to speak better and more effectively? Like what holds people back from that? I think for me, Ken, a lot of people usually answer fear in this case, but I would disagree because there's so many things in our life that we're scared of that we do anyways. Getting a first job, interviewing for one, applying for college, asking a girl out on a date, getting married, having children. All of these things we're scared of, but we do anyways. I think what's missing is structure. So if you want to lose weight, there's a set of steps that we got to follow. It's just, okay, do this, eat less. No more soft drinks. Like it's pretty simple how you get started. <laughs> and if the scale shows your weight's going lower, you gain momentum. Pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Same thing if you want to grow a business or your money in your bank account. If the money goes up and your amount goes up, you know you're making progress. Yeah. But we don't have that with communication. What does it mean to be a great communicator? You're like, uh, well, I don't know. I don't really. <laughs> Is it ums and ahs? So I've simplified this for people. So let's start with exercise number one which is do the random word exercise. So pick a word like bookshelf, like book, like wood, like phone, and create random presentations out of thin air, Ken, and do that a few times a day. <laughs> huh. Wow, that's an interesting one. That, I, can, I can see how that would be challenging, but um, very helpful and effective. What's, what's some of the biggest things that, or the biggest challenges that people face when they take that communication thing one step farther and actually go into this public speaking realm. Like you talked about coaching these executives and top one percenters when they have to develop their public speaking skills in order to even become better at their job, more effective with their client fulfillment and all managing the business and everything like that. What's some of the biggest challenges that people run into there? Yeah, I would say at that level, the biggest one is definitely consistency. They're just not practicing enough. So let's go back to the mm. random word exercise, which serves two main purposes for execs. But honestly, for everybody listening to this, because the advice is the same with them. I just force them to do it because they can afford me. So I just force them yeah. to do it like a personal <laughs> trainer. But for everyone else, just, just do them at home. Do it with your kids. Do it with your family. Do it with the people in your life. And there's two reasons for this. The first one, Ken is because it helps us think quickly in our feet. If you can take anchovies and create a presentation, when you do small talk with your buddies at the bar, when you do small talk with friends you meet at a cocktail, or just in general, it's really easy for you to think on your feet. Mm -hmm. And the second piece that people can write down is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. And that's really the magic of that. And that especially helps execs. Because if you do that 100 times in your life, the boardroom becomes really easy to manage because you're already an expert at what you do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So can you give a short example of, of just coming up with a random random presentation like that on something? Of course, Ken. Give me any word that you want and I'll demonstrate right now. All right, uh, ear, earbuds. Earbuds. What is earbuds? So for context, for people listening to this, Ken did not give me the word earbud prior to this conversation. So here I go with the presentation starting right now. Music really allows me 
to gain peace in my life, Ken. Those mm-hmm. moments where oh, I feel tired and I want to do something. I just put a couple of earbuds in and I tune into my phone and pick the best song that I could find and jam out to it. And it always re-energizes me. But the truth is, Ken, I told a little lie because I don't really like earbuds that much because there's always a little wax that always comes out when I pluck <laughs> them in my ears. They hurt me so much. So I, I transitioned to headphones. And the lesson that I want people to drive from that is to find the device that works for you. Some people like earbuds. Other people like headsets. Other people like noise-canceling headsets. Find the device that helps you maximize your results. And that's not just about earbuds. That's about how you learn. You don't necessarily have to read books. You can listen to podcasts if you want to. It could be in your life decisions, the way that you live your life. You don't have to get married now if you don't want to. Follow your (laughs) own path and know that you can craft something as uniquely as you are. There you go. Wow. Way to go. Applause, applause. <laughs> That's exactly. awesome, man. That's great. So how many, how many times would you say you've done that? Man, you're asking me the questions nobody else is. I'm so glad you are. So the answer is 3,000, and I'm not exaggerating that number. Wow. Because obviously I'm the professional, right? I've been doing this for yeah, eight years. And I have to do it every time I'm on a show be, to show credibility. But the, the point that I want to drive here is do not compare yourself to me. I'm supposed to be the expert. I'm the guy who's done mm-hmm. it 3,000 But for everyone listening, it's not about doing it well. It's about doing it a lot. So the Mm. first hundred times in my book does not count. It's just about doing it. If you just do it a hundred times, I don't know a lot of accountants who are doing it a hundred times. I don't know a lot of plumbers who are doing it a hundred times. I don't know a lot of podcast hosts who are doing it a hundred times. And that's Mm. really the key. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that. I read a story a while back about a college professor who – and uh, it was in a photography class and he divided the class in half and, and one half of the class was to, they were graded on the quality of their picture or, or the photo that would take. The other half of the class was graded by how many photos they take. And the interesting thing was at the end of the semester, the class who was graded on how many photos they took had the best photos. So it lines up right with what you're saying, you know, just repetition, do it over and over and over again, and and you naturally become better at it. How can we take that same concept and make a great online presentation out of that? Absolutely, Ken. And great story. I heard that one too, and it's really good. And the answer is really simple. There's three main differences between online and virtual, excuse me, in person and online. So Mm. the first one is eye contact. So when you're in person, you can look at the different audiences in the room, you move your head around. Whereas when you're online, whether you're looking at one or 10,000 people in a Zoom call, you're only supposed to look in one direction, which is the camera lens. Right at the camera. (laughs) And that's what gives the illusion that you're looking at everybody at the same time. That's Mm. one. Number two is energy. Let's face it, Ken. It's a lot easier to show up with energy when you're in person because you could hug people, get lunch with them, give them a high five, and you actually yeah. have to shower and put something nice on. You don't really have a choice anymore because people can see your whole body versus online. People only see the top. So that's yeah. the second piece is get better in person and bring more of that energy back online. That's number hmm. two. And finally, number three is audience accessibility. If I want your feedback from you, Ken, and I'm in front of you in a room, it's really easy to get your feedback because you're right there. I can just talk to you. But after in a Zoom call, 
the there's a lot more friction because the call just ends abruptly. So what you need yeah. to do is you need to get on calls with people to get their feedback. That's it. There you go. Gotcha. Uh, easy, practical, you know, step-by-step. Step. That's great. That's fantastic. So outside of the, the practicing the random object uh, presentation, are, are there other things that we can do to practice becoming better at communication? hundred percent. So for me, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. One of them is smiling. One of them is eye contact. One of them is facial expressions. One of them is the random word exercise. And it could get really overwhelming for people really quickly. So for me, the question has always been, what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we could juggle mm-hmm. those, Ken, we can pretty much master the rest. And we yeah. touched upon the first one already, which is the random word exercise. Pick a word like phone or xylophone and create presentations every day. Five minutes, five words, you'll be at 103 weeks. Pretty simple. Number two, the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life, Ken. At school, on a podcast, at work, from our family. Did you take out the trash? But most of us <laughs> are not ready for the questions that life has in store for us. I'll give an example with me. A few years ago, when I started guesting on shows, I sucked. I was horrible. I remember some guy asked me, hey, Brendan, uh, where does the fear of communication come from? And I'm looking at the guy and I'm thinking, uh, Los Angeles? New York City? <laughs> Kentucky, maybe? I don't know. Probably Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, maybe Kentucky. So I obviously didn't know the answer. So what did I do? Every single day, Ken, for five minutes, I answered one question that I thought the world would ask me about my expertise, my products, or my services. But Hmm. if you do that every day for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry. You'll be bulletproof. That's number two. Wow. Okay, that's that's great. Yeah, that's a um, simple, easy exercise. Probably the hardest part of that would be coming up with the, the 300 questions for, for your specific industry. How, how long did it take you before you had to really dig deep to figure out what those questions were? Very good follow-up once again, Ken. So the answer is really simple because you don't actually have to write all of them. And I'll give you the best one. You're doing the question drill with me right now because I don't mm-hmm. know the questions you're asking me. Right? You're just asking me questions. And I, but since I've done so many interviews, I, I, I'm fine. Like I'm not stressed or anything, but I'm, we're practicing it in real time. So I'm actually not even coming up with the questions. You are. So that's one example, which is less applicable for most people because most people don't get right. stunt shows. But another one is, let's say you're in a work scenario. You're giving a team presentation to a client. So what you do is you just sit down with your team and say, hey, let's brainstorm questions together. So the, the idea is you want to try and delegate that responsibility to other people. So when I started MasterTalk as an example, this is long before I got on shows or made any money or any of that stuff. I was literally in a dumpling place for 10 bucks with my buddies. And I said, hey, I got an idea for a YouTube channel called MasterTalk. What questions do you have on speaking? And I would just sit there for three hours and take notes. And they would just go Ooh. this, 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 this question, this, this. And I was like, oh, that's really good. I didn't think of that. <laughs> and, I, and, and I didn't know the answer to 70% of those questions, by the way. If I'm yeah. being honest, 90% of those questions. And then every, every single day, I would just answer one until I, until I knew it. And the best part, the question drill, by the way, when you do it in Teams, Ken, because I'm glad you asked me the follow-up, is if you don't know the answer, just ask the person who asked you the question what they think the answer is. You just go like like a buddy. What would you think the answer is? Then go, I'd answer it that way. Oh, that's good. Let me steal that from you. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking that one. <laughs> that's it. Uh, well, 
do you ever run a qua excuse me do you ever run across a question that you know you kind of have to bs your way through until you can formulate the proper answer yes but not in the way that we think about bs so okay. for example, I did this a little bit before, though I could have done it right away, where when you give me the random word exercise and I go, hey, for those of you listening to the podcast, just know that he didn't get, but I'm also doing indirectly is I'm buying myself time to think of what right. I want to do, right? <laughs> so it's very subtle. So that type of stuff works really well, where it doesn't feel like you're buying time. Another piece is to go, hey, that's a really good thought because of X, Y, Z, and then you answer the question. But I would say in general, if you do the question drill properly, you won't run into that situation 95% of the time. It'll be very rare for you to get a question that you don't know the answer to, or at least have some idea of what the answer would be. Hmm. Okay, I, I, that makes perfect and complete sense. Now, I think if we go back to, to college, you said you were an introvert. Um, no, 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 definitely, that. definitely not an introvert, but I, not sucked an introvert? At okay. but I, but I did suck at communication most of my okay. life. Though. Okay. Okay. I, I probably tied that together because most, uh, introverts suck at communication. So how can somebody who is an introvert and also sucks at communication, how can they become better at it and, you know, be a decent speaker or passable? Absolutely can. And, and the way is really simple. I flipped the question on its head and I just challenge introverts to think of why they're better communicators than extroverts, which is an odd thought. So I'll prove it through three main arguments. Okay. Number one, introverts are exponentially better at a very important skill than extroverts are in communication, which is listening because they talk less yep. on average. I wouldn't make a good podcast host. I like talking. That's why I'm a podcast <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing via podcast? I just interrupt people every three seconds. So that doesn't work. But when you're introverted, it's very easy for you to listen. Like that dumpling meeting is way easier for an intro introvert than it is for me because they'll just listen to all the nuances. They'll write everything now and they'll implement it a lot faster yeah. than me. That's one. Number two is the pause. Pausing is the most important skill in communication where you take a beat to emphasize key points of your message. But here's the plug, Ken. The plug is when you're an introvert, pausing comes very natural and easy to you. Why? Because you talk less on average, once again. So it's very easy for you to plug those into your presentation. Whereas when you're an extrovert and you're at a bar, you're at an event, you're at a party like me, and there's a space, you, you immediately. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can see you're more extroverted too. So, so you know what I'm talking about here. So, yeah. So yes. And then finally, number three is accessibility. Introverts are more accessible as communicators. I'll prove it really fast. Gary Vaynerchuk, CEO of VaynerMedia, massive personal media, uh, social brand. Yeah. You either love the guy or you hate him. You either go, wow, this guy's my hero. Like in my case, I love the guy. He's amazing. And then you have the other side who goes, this person I would never bring me to my kids. He's always swearing all the time. <laughs> He's a terrible example for people in the world. But nobody says that about Brene Brown. And that's the mm. point. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so what's the difference there? Just uh, she's, she's the introvert? You got it. So because she's more introverted, her energy is more calm. Like nobody has said the following sentence in the history of humanity, <laughs> Ken, which is, I hate Brene Brown. If you say that, 
the FBI, the CIA, the SWAT team to come to your house, <laughs> oh, take, yeah, no, take no, your no. entire family. But you get the point. Like when you're an introverted speaker, you you never really hear about getting hated on. Like everybody yeah. we hate on in public settings. Think, I mean, not to say the guy's bad or anything, but think like Kanye West. Like there's so many people who hate Kanye West, but there's not a lot of people who hate Susan Cain. There's not a lot of people who hate Simon Sinek. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of people who hate John Maxwell. I don't really know a lot of people who go like, <laughs> I hate this John Maxwell guy. Like nobody says that. So that's the point. Yeah. When you said no, nobody has ever said this in the history of humanity, I thought you were going to say that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is, how did you say that? Calm and, and level or even keeled. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that would be true too. <laughs> so somebody who's just getting started out, and they want some more resources, you know, obviously they're, they're going to go check out your YouTube channel. What books or podcasts or anything would you recommend somebody go to, to, to level up their communication? For sure. Ken. So the, the book that I recommend is called thirst by Scott Harrison, thirst Thirst. by Scott Harrison. So Scott Harrison's the CEO and founder of charity water. It's a nonprofit. He started to help people gain access to clean water. I think the reason why this guy's a monster at communication, he's next level, is because I believe he's one of the best storytellers on the planet. Mm-hmm. He was so good at taking the story of something so tragic, which is the fact that 10% of the human population, which is still true to this day, drinks brown water every day. It's absolutely ridiculous. And is able to spin that story in a way that creates hope and inspiration. And he's helped like 15 million people already gain access to clean wow. water. He's very yeah. impressive. He's raised like $100 million in the last 12 months alone. And he's definitely a great example for all of us on a practical case study of someone who really leveraged communication and storytelling to make a meaningful difference in the world. So that's my recommend. Awesome. Awesome. Any uh, any podcasts or anything like that 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 people should listen to if there's podcast listeners out there specifically for communication nothing comes to mind which is good feedback for me i always learn something from the host so i need to get back to you on that one and reflect but if i had to give a podcast in general that i like i'm a big fan of lewis house's school of greatness i Uh, think lewis is a great great one yeah he's really good and you can look up the word communication in his database to see all the great communication people he's had like vanessa van edwards joseph's really good carmine gallo a couple of those guys yeah Yeah. well let me ask you this this is kind of a an off-topic question um what's keeping you from turning your videos into podcasts great question the reason i i've i've kind of not done that yet and i don't think i will for a while is because it's really hard to be famous on audio so i'll give you an example how many people do you know in podcasting who got famous through podcasting alone? Very uh, a couple. I don't know. Couple. couple. So go ahead, yeah. name them. Name them for yeah. me. Let's play. Well, let's one play. is uh, Jack Spearco of the Survival Podcast. Okay. I mean, he. I think he gets quarter million downloads a day, pretty well. And then, I mean, I've I've got another friend who is pretty well known through podcasting, uh, but her show is like one percent his size (laughs) so i mean yeah not many for sure so i totally get that so so even the guy you brought up who's i'm sure crushing i have no idea who that person is right like a jordan harbinger is another one like lewis he got famous through podcasting but even as and pat flynn but even the way we're talking a lot of people including us don't even know the people we're saying to each other yeah instagram you play that same game well, there's not really a lot of people who got famous just through Instagram. Like a lot of people have big accounts. They're usually already celebrities. Like Justin mm. Bieber's already a celebrity. Like Selena yeah. was already a celebrity. So that doesn't work. 
And then you go through the so LinkedIn too. Nobody really got famous through LinkedIn, but YouTube is the only platform where we could go for days, Ken. Days. And I could list every single person that nobody knew and became famous. PewDiePie, Mr. Beast, uh, Ali Abdal, uh, Frank Thomas. Like you can go forever. Graham Stephan and, and Casey Neistat. But the point I want to drive is because of that, I made a conscious decision to focus 80 to 90% of my effort to being successful on YouTube. Because I knew that even if a podcast gets 10,000 downloads per EP episode and I have 10,000 subscribers, you get more traction than I do, but people think I'm more famous than you. So that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you can say you have ten thousand subscribers on YouTube, that, that definitely gives you a lot more. Uh, I guess a lot more clout in when when you're talking to somebody than than it would to say, yeah, I get ten thousand downloads per episode or something. That's right, totally and, and and it's not to say I'm a clout chaser by any means, but it's more in the sense of saying, like, for the brand I want to build, yeah. the effort right now to make a – because if I do something, I want to make sure it's really, really good. So, like, I'm a really good podcast guest, but I would be a shitty host. Like, I'd, I wouldn't want to interview people. I would be good at that. And then if I did a podcast, I'd probably do a solo show on something outside of communication. But that's a distraction right now because I got to focus right. all yeah, in on comms. Sure. Well, and, and some of the clout, I mean, you, you do need some of that for some of the people that you're focusing on. Like if, if you are chasing those 1% executives, you know, like they, they want to know who you are. And if you can say, yeah, I've got this YouTube channel with 10, 100, 500,000 subscribers, you know, they're like, oh, okay. So this guy knows what he's talking about. Oh, yeah. The YouTube channels, and I fundamentally believe this, Ken, and I think I'm going to be proven right, is the YouTube channels are the best business cards in the world. Mm, yeah. Hmm. I've never heard it put that way, but yeah, I can see that. Let me, I got another question. What's the, what's the weirdest object you've ever been asked to, to come up with a mini presentation on? It's one I came up with to somebody else. It's probably tampons really difficult for guys to do. <laughs> That's probably the hardest. Yeah. That's probably the one that. that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that would be a little difficult one for a guy. <laughs> Uh, all right. One last question. Well, actually, okay. I have two more questions. Um, one I want to, I'd like to ask big picture in your life. What do you hope the impact of your life is, you know, 30, 40, 50, 70 years down the road, however long you may live when people think of who Brendan is, what do you hope that, that they remember you by and the impact of your life was? Absolutely, Ken. You know, when Dale Carnegie was alive, the author of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, he did such incredible work in the public speaking space. Mm. But the unfortunate reality of his work is that he wasn't able to fully express his teachings because videos didn't exist back then. He couldn't really speak on a podcast. We have no idea what he sounds like. The number one communication coach who ever lived, we have no idea what the guy sounds like. And yeah. I was very fortunate in life, Ken, where I learned how to coach people and how to speak and to develop this skill set in my early 20s. And I already have seven years of experience, and I'm only 26. Wow. So for me, the mission and what I have an opportunity to do is to finish what Dale Carnegie started, which is how do I democratize the world's information about communication so that the seven-year-old girl in Cambodia who can't afford me can still learn how to communicate ideas. That's why for me, MasterDirect never started as a coaching business. It really started as a media play, which is how do yeah. we bring this to the world? I just stumbled upon coaching along the way. Somebody told me I could 
charge people for it. And that's what ultimately allowed me to spend 100% of my time doing this. But that's the ultimate mission is to help every human being on earth become an exceptional communicator and become this oh, generation's Dale Carnegie. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Huge, massive goals like that. I just... I did a small podcast the other day talking about, you know, setting your goals so high that you don't believe you can achieve them because, you know, nobody, most people set their goals down here because they don't want to be seen as a failure. And so they don't have to jump very high to clear that barrier. But if you set your goals here, you know, you might not reach that, but you're going to get close. You're going to get a lot higher. So I love that. The last question that I would ask is this, do you have a favorite video of your own? that you would direct users to, to, to start their binge watching of all of your videos? For sure, Ken. I always like to recommend my most popular one, which is three daily public speaking exercises. But what's nice about that one is you won't get the same tips that we talked about today. So we talked about the random word exercise, the question drill, and also I'll add the video message. But since I made that video a long time ago, I, it was actually three different tips. So you can, okay. you can check that awesome. one out. Yeah, cool. I will uh, I'll send me that link and I'll drop it in the show notes. And I've got your other links in there as well. But, you know, I'll have the links, but go ahead and tell people where they can find you and follow you. For sure, Ken. Such a pleasure to be on the show, by the way. Thanks for having me. So two right. ways to keep in touch. Number one is the YouTube channel. Just type master talk in one word. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos and how to speak. And number two is join one of my free communication workshops. So I do one over Zoom for free every two weeks that I facilitate. Super fun. Eight-year-olds come to the call. CEOs of billion-dollar companies come to the call. If you want to jump on it, just go to rockstarcommunicator.com, and I hope to see you at the next one. Awesome. Thank you, Brandon, so much for your time. This has been a really, really great show, really on point, and I think very practical. So thanks for your time. Thanks, brother.